a product of the Whisper Forge. Sound and story brought to life. You're listening to a parody that is not affiliated with or endorsed by Supergiant Games in any way. We're just big old nerds making improv fanfiction. Rogue Runners is rated R for pretty much everything you can find in Greek mythology. Violence, assault, self-harm, offensive language, insensitive humor, and intense themes. We encourage everyone to check out our show notes and transcripts on our website at whisperforge.org. Are you ready to run? Then welcome to Volume 1 in the Blood. You are unsure how long you've been in the blood. When you rise from it, it is as if stepping out of your own flesh. The air of the House of Hades feels icy cool against your skin, made hot by the boiling blood that sloughs off your body in a thick and sizzling ooze. Your wounds from battle still feel all too recent, though it is as if they never even struck you. Slowly, you extract yourself from the pool of sticks. Before you, an orderly line of shades awaits their eternal fate by administrative processing. <laughs> well, that was a little disappointing. Oh, are you all alright? Do we see anything at the end of the line? Make a perception check. That's an 18. You look far down the line, and what you know is that normally what happens is that these shades are brought here, they're checked in by Hypnos, and then they stand before Lord Hades, who ascribes them certain punishments or offers them contracts for what services they will be providing to the House of Hades for eternity. It appears no one helms the Lord of the House of Hades' desk today. Behind it, you study an ornate tapestry of the god of the underworld, meeting out his sacred charge in his eternal domain, his eternal prison. Only Hypnos is holding court. Okay, Alexander's just gonna walk up to the front of the line. Uh, nice talking to you too, Alexander. Seeing him just walk away, I think Rolf is just gonna check on the others and said, Annie, Reto, are you alright? How are we feeling after that? Well, Rolf, I'll tell you, I've been better, friend, but you know, we all knew what we were getting into. I'm sure this won't be the last time we all die together, so take heart, friend. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I was ready for that. I mean, I... Another chance at life, sure, but I, I was nothing close to a warrior in life. I, I didn't think that passing could be so terrible. All will be well in the end, friend. And Arete claps his hand on Rolf's shoulder and kind of looks him in the eye and smiles. Annie, are you okay? Annie just shakes her head. Uh, unsure whether she would feel comfortable with a hug. Rolf just kind of like rubs her back lightly. Well, I think the best thing for us is to move forward with our not life and uh, carry on as best we can. So Arete follows after Alexander to go to the front. I suppose the nice thing about death in this world is that you, you know your friends will be 
waiting for you when you get out. Hmm? None of that uh, disappearing for the rest of eternity until you die thing that happens in the other world. So, shall we, Annie? <laughs> Annie just stands there. Annie's not really making any active choice to stay or go, so. Oh, I have just the thing. And Rolf reaches into his pack again and pulls out the emergency backup carton of chocolate milk. What the fuck? Annie sees, <laughs> Annie sees this chocolate milk and she'll grab it and she gives you like a small like fleeting smile but it doesn't really reach her eyes and then she starts walking forward towards Arete and Alex and Rolf will follow on the carton you see a very very happy looking cow and it says <laughs> Passiphase pasteurized <laughs> having kind of pushed your way past the shades saying excuse me pardon me unless you don't in which case no you just... Alexander is a dick he's just marching forward if the there, Alexander stomps how do the rest of you interact with the shades Rolf very politely works his way through every single one Rolf make a what's your passive insight it's a 16 so as you push your way through all of these shades Rolf you start to feel kind of this vast spectrum of emotions as you pass through all of these shades and you feel like you're getting these tiny tiny little impressions of um, how they lived and how they died and you're also getting a sense of what their anxieties are about coming into the underworld and some of them are scared and some of them like you were not expecting this underworld it's not something that they believed in and you're also picking up various causes of death you're picking up that some of them died from dehydration and others from you know brutal combat there seems to be a raging war on the surface that a number of them have died from that have just come in very recently. You see that others fell to disease and others still seem to have died for reasons that are perhaps too traumatic to even bring to the surface. So that is the sense that you're getting as you're just walking physically through these shades. Nonetheless, the group arrives at Hypnos, who is quickly scribing something with his quill on a tablet, which again, somehow manages to carve into stone. And then he looks up and he just beams at you. He says, Wait, wait, don't tell me. Let me guess. Lady Megara got you well and good, didn't she? Tell me, was it the giant whip? I heard some people like being on the receiving end of that thing. Can you imagine? <laughs> or did you die from the giant pink energy explosions? Little pro tip for next time. Try not getting hit by those. It'll save you a lot of trouble. Maybe even save your life. How do you take such joy in this? The trauma I... Well, that's I... how I get to meet you, of course. All, all these people suffering, and and you smile. Do not forget where you are, old man. We're ready to try again. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll, Alexander. We've got some things to attend to here. Yeah, sure, we want to try again. Of course we want to try again, but we have a few matters at hand that need handling. But we, uh, we, we're the lucky ones. We've been chosen. Why are we ready to try again? Because you're trying to escape this death. Though these people being processed, what? They, they end up like you, Alexander. Tortured for an eternity. And, and you smile, Hypnos. How? Hypnos is still smiling, but his eyes are wide as they kind of like dart back and forth between you guys bickering with each other. He goes, well, I, I mean, yeah, it was my job to administer the escape attempt. Uh, I'm going to be keeping records of all of your escape attempts right here on this tablet. But please don't let me keep you from starting your second run if you want to go for it again. But, I mean, if I might just offer some helpful advice, uh, might I suggest finding a use for all those gems and darkness crystals burning a hole in your pockets? Or heck, even that nectar, which I definitely didn't see peeking out of your things. You want some? <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's super not allowed here. Okay, all right, carry on. Okay, then I won't give you any if it's not allowed. That's fine. So with our burning pockets, where do you recommend we uh, unload some of our loot? That's a great question. Well, let's see. Hmm. Have you tried uh, talking to the house contractor? The house contractor drafts up all of your contracts. In fact, he's the one who drafted up the contract for you guys to be able to escape in the first place. Lord Zagreus showed up one day with a giant pack of gems and said, make this contract happen. And so it happened. Then again, you could also spend your darkness crystals on the mirror of night. That could be really helpful. Oh, but... I guess you would need a license to use the Mirror of Night, which you could get from the house contractor. Then you could also, you know, relax at the bar. There's a merchant there. You could try trading over there. I mean, you've been in here as long as I have, haven't you? You should know these things by now. I guess I took one too many hits from Meg on the way out of there. Yes, of course I remember. Thanks a lot, pal. Uh, Hypnos, quick question. So... Since you uh, do kind of administer people and, and bring them in, uh, is do you process every soul that comes through here? Uh, yeah, every single one of them. And then uh, you see Hypnos kind of panically looks down at his tablet and then quickly makes sure that nobody has, like, slipped past you guys in the line that you just cut. Um, so, so you get people from all places. Every Every human who dies comes here. Every human I've seen. Uh, would there be any way to make a um, an, an inquiry through your files for someone? Hmm. An inquiry through the files? That sounds like you'd need administrative privileges, and that sounds like something you would need approval for, say, from, I don't know, Lord Zagreus or Lady Nix or from the house contractor? Okay. Uh, thank you. Anytime. Bye-bye. Happy dying. Thanks, Hypnos. And Arete turns on his heel and starts heading further down the hallway. I'll follow with the intention of speaking to the house contractor. I'll follow Arete for now. Okay. There's some light tuning of Elyra happening a short distance from you, but it stops abruptly as Orpheus notices Annie. Oh, my student. Uh, that entire conversation that everyone else was having, Annie went ahead and like poked the straw into the chocolate milk. So as soon as she hears Orpheus, she'll turn towards him. But all you really hear is just... <laughs> Hi, Orpheus. Orpheus nods at the slurping and says, Ah, music to my ears. <laughs> Everything is music to your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, my student, are you prepared to regale me with tales of your adventures? Maybe not so soon, Orpheus. I'm not feeling too great. Ah, yes, I understand. Well, for what it is worth, I have seen many pass through these halls and emerge from that pool, and they always emerge discouraged, but never forever, or I should say, rarely forever. The prince of this house once emerged from that pool hundreds of times, and he wasn't always in the brightest of spirits either, but neither was I, and it was only through our time together that we both managed to move past that. I hope in time that is something that I can do for you, my student. Thanks, Orpheus. He nods and opens his mouth again as if there is more he wants to say, but then closes his mouth and thinks better of it and then kind of looks like he's returning to tuning his instrument, but you're actually not hearing any sound. So it looks like he's kind of just like busying himself. 
You, Rolf, make your way to the house contractor and you see this kind of slender bowling pin shaped shade with a construction hat sitting behind a table and it, it just seems to be waving kind of a formless hand over these various pieces of parchment and as the hand gets waved over the parchment, the writing on the parchment lights up and then fades away as if it's kind of like a barcode scanner of sorts and it just seems to look up at you and regard you. Uh, my good shade... How are you? You see an almost invisible emoji of a smiley face above it. <laughs> ah, good, good to see. Um, listen, I'm, I'm going to be straightforward with you. I, I don't believe in this whole kind of uh, uh, sneaky all of this. There is someone I'm interested in finding. Uh, they died. Uh, a while ago. You get a frowny face emoji. Uh, <laughs> huh. me, me too, buddy. Me too. And so... As I'm sure you're aware, I'm not really from these parts. Uh, I was not expecting to find myself in a place like this. Uh, uh, I was far more expecting to find myself in a place called hell, uh, with very different people. But uh, the recent events have led me to believe that if I found myself here, then, then maybe this person might be here as well. Is there any way you could help me or any direction you could point me towards uh, maybe getting access to uh, administrative files or, or anything that, that might give me some indication whether this person is even here at all? Okay, so the house contractor can answer that question in emojis. Yes. <laughs> so uh, make an insight roll. Okay. A, a fairly difficult insight roll to get an answer to a very complex question. That is a 15. You get the sense that the house contractor can't specifically go into the files and pluck what you're looking for, but if someone else higher up, like one of the major Sonic gods, said to the house contractor, drop a contract allowing this person access to, you know, our administrative files, the house contractor would be able to draft that up for you. Okay. For a price. In that case, I'm going to go, I think I understand. Uh, well, we have goodies to purchase. Ga is the gang with me? I followed you. So the house contractor perks up and then holds out a list of contracts that it can provide for you at this moment. If you want to study it, make an investigation check. It's all Greek to you at the moment. That is 22 for Rolf. Even with all their legalese, you're able to make them out with astonishing accuracy. There are two contracts that are available to you right now to commission, and you get the sense that as you commission more contracts, more contracts will become available to you. The first contract that is available to you will cost 200 gems, and it will allow you access to something called the Mirror of Night. Mm. Additionally, for 500 gems, you will be granted access to something called the Fated List of Minor Prophecies. Can I roll history to see if I'm aware of the Mirror of Night? Yes. Uh, 14. So you've heard many stories of Lord Zagreus trying to escape the House of Hades, and essentially the defenses of the House of Hades were so powerful that he ended up getting killed over and over and over, and one of the ways that he grew his power was by reflecting in a large magical mirror called the Mirror of Night which was gifted to him by his adoptive mother, Nyx, who is kind of the matron of this House of Hades. So you suspect that what this contract does is it would allow you to spend the darkness that you've earned empowering your own abilities at the Mirror of Night. Arete, how many gems do we have? We have 290 to spend, just enough for the Mirror contract. We need to discuss it with the group, but I think it would be most beneficial. And, uh... As a side, uh, where'd they go? We'll, we'll go find them in a moment. As a side note, Reti, who have you? Uh, I, I don't mean to pry. I, I know you are a private person. Uh, 
you, you have to understand, I'm not from here. I, I don't know these deities well. I need to meet someone. Someone who can help me. Do you know anyone? Someone that can help you find yeah, someone. Yes, yeah, some, some, some deity here. Or, or someone. I, I'm aware of uh, Zeus and Zagreus, of course. Hades. Um, um, have you any connection to them, being uh, a Grecian man? Well, I have paid tribute to a much darker force, a much all-knowing force that might be able to help you if they feel tempted. But I am not sure that this is the path you want to go down, friend. Who are they? Their name is Chaos. That sounds exactly like the kind of person I need to talk to. Very well. I will take you to them when the time is right. Great. We should probably go check in with the others. In the meantime, Alexander, you have gone to Annie. I guess we see Annie sipping on chocolate milk with Orpheus talking to her, and then we see off screen a hand comes from Alexander and puts it on Anastasia's shoulder. Come, Anastasia. Let us bolster your defenses. <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean by that? What do you mean? We are not so different, you and I. I, too, could never be quenched. My thirst for conquest was unquen... Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Commit to the bed! (laughs) My thirst for conquest has never ceased, even in death. I think it's a bit of a reach, but I'll I'll let you have that. (sighs) Sure, I guess. Okay. And I, he leads her there, kind of, to the contract. As you're doing that, Arete and Rolf are just turning around as if they want to speak to you about it. Oh, you, you were right next to us the whole time, I suppose. Hello. Thanks for joining in. Here's the deal, team. We have 290 available gems to spend with the contractor here. I think the best deal is for the access to the Mirror of Night, where we can spend our darkness to help reflect upon our journeys together. Mm. I don't follow. What what would this do? It's something that um, best best example when Lord Zagreus was trying to uh, undertake the same journey that we are. He used it to reflect on his many escape attempts, and by spending that darkness, those crystals we gathered uh, as rewards in some of the rooms, you can use that darkness to empower us, the the team, the squad, the boys and girl. And and so we become more powerful with each attempt, thus granting us a better chance at escaping. I trust you. Excellent. And Arete turns to the contractor and says, We'll take access to the Mirror of Night, please, my good sir. And Arete hands over 250 gems. It changes to a smiley face emoji as it accepts the gems <laughs> and then waves its hands over a blank piece of parchment and then new Greek scribing appears all over it. It's kind of like a laser printer hand. And then it holds it out for all four of you to sign. Is there a pen? <laughs> so it is used to waving its hand over everything to sign. So it realizes that you can't do that. And then it like quickly searches for a quill and then finds you one and hands it to you. I'm going to sign, I guess. As do I. With a great flourish, Arete writes out his signature. And is going to crush the chocolate milk carton thing on her head, <laughs> throw it behind her, pick up the pen, and she'll sign her name. 
And then she, she'll burp. And Rolf is going to pick up the carton of chocolate milk and put it in his bag with the cup that Alexander threw in the courtyard at the beginning. Phew. Okay. Once everybody signs, the house contractor beams, rolls up the contract, binds it up with some small twine, and then it bows and gestures to your right as if the mirror of night is that way and you can access it at your leisure. I will describe just the layout of the House of Hades for folks who are not familiar. So right now you're in the heart of the House of Hades. Behind you is the pool of sticks which you came from, right? Ahead of you is this administrative desk where Lord Zagreus and Lord Hades would preside over the House of Hades. Also, there is the house contractor and Orpheus also there in that center chamber. On your left-hand side, there is a whole separate wing, which is highly akin to an art gallery. Alexander, you would know that as the area where Achilles stands his post a lot of the time, and if you wanted to see him, he's there. On the right-hand side, there are essentially two branching wings. So on your right will be the bar or the lounge in the House of Hades, and then on the left, once you go into that right word wing will be the entrance to Lord Zagreus's bedchambers, which is also what you typically have passed through to access the courtyard on the other side for your escape attempts. Rolf is going to try and take Arete aside really quickly mm-hmm. and discreetly say, uh, I, I understand it's for selfish purposes, but do you think this lord of yours could um, offer benefit to the rest of the group? Perhaps that's a good expenditure of on nectar. Well, chaos is a lord that takes its pleasure when it feels like it wants to. I have no control over when I can visit, nor do I know what possibilities there are of any helpfulness there might be. So, there's that for you. All right. Well, gang, um, apologies, just... I, I'm, I'm trying to find something but I, I i think am i at liberty to share certainly arete has some sort of connection with uh, a, a lord of this realm if any of you are familiar with chaos and i think chaos could help me I, I granted i do not know much about them but i would i would love to speak with them given the chance i think that might be a good use of nectar but by all means, if anyone has a better use or, or someone you want to give it to, please feel free. Uh, we are a group, and, and, and I hope that, you know, if, if one of us can make it out safely, then that's a win for all of us. So whatever benefits the team. Uh, can Annie roll, like, a history check just to know if she knows about chaos or not? Yeah. That's an 18. Okay. Annie, what you know this chaos that everyone is talking about is considered pretty much one of the oldest, most primordial forces in all creation. And even darkness, even night, was born from chaos first. It is pretty much the oldest entity that you could possibly hope to interact with. What you also know is that it is extremely dangerous, but not intentionally so, just indifferently so. And that people who try to court its favor or try to leverage chaos to their will almost inevitably fail because that's not how that works. It is pure randomness. You know that chaos seems to operate by whims and impulses completely alien to other thinking, feeling people and you have never heard of anyone being able to meet or talk to them. Annie this entire time has had like kind of just like a glazed over look 
but as soon as you mention chaos, she kind of like wakes up and she looks at you. She's like, chaos? Like chaos, chaos? Yes. Listen, Annie, I am from a very far away land. I had, in all honesty, despite being well read, not ever read much about these lands I now find myself in. So if there is anyone responsible for my being here, I believe an entity named Chaos might know a little something about that. Don't yell that name so loudly either. Uh, Not everyone's very... You're here because you died. But why here? Why why was I wrong? Why is this what is? What do you mean? Where else were you supposed to go? Hell! You're in it. I mean, preferably Valhalla, but... What? What is Valhalla? Exactly my point. The way you are responding to what I am saying now is how I felt when I found myself here. I'd never heard of a Hades and Olympus, a Zeus. I, I thought th- there were entirely different realms. So either there must be more than this and ways to move between them, or for some reason, the rest of the world is wrong. Old man, you are wrong. And senile. I'm afraid to tell you. This is the reality. You're in Hades. Rolf, when you hear this from Alexander, you hear this with some authority, also because Alexander has also traveled all over the world. That's something you know about him. And he has seen other people who obviously believe in other afterlives. So, I mean, that doesn't mean he knows with any serious authority, but he certainly says it with authority based on his lived experience. Okay. And Rolf does not respond. Well, chaos will show themselves when it sees fit. So in the meantime, friends, I think it's a worthwhile adventure to go to the mirror, shall we? Anarete turns to the right and starts heading down the hallway to the mirror in the chambers of Zagreus. I follow. I will follow. Annie's just going to pull Rolf back for a quick second to have a small, just little private conversation. Be like, Rolf, I don't, I don't think you're senile. I don't think you're crazy or anything like that. I just, I'm sorry if you don't feel like you fit in here, or if, or if it's actually just that you don't belong here, but if you feel like that's something you need to do, work with chaos, I guess I support it. Thank you, Annie. It was, it, it was silly of me. I'm, I'm sorry. I should not have taken up our time with that. No, well, hey, silly's good. Silly's not bad. That's okay. <laughs> You remind me so much of someone I knew. I sure hope that's a compliment. It is. Shall we? All right. Sure, yeah, let's go. You enter a dimly lit chamber, once occupied by the Prince of the Underworld, who seems to be away on business for quite some time still. You find a fluffy but empty bed, messy bookshelves, some chests stuffed to the brim and spilling over with baubles and trinkets, collections of various-sized skulls and other sundries. To your left, you find a desk covered in poorly organized sheets of parchment. In front of you, a basin of swirling crystal clear water whirls mysteriously. Along the walls, you find various ornamental weapons, none that could compare to the infernal arms he once wielded, however. On the walls, you find two large wall scrolls, one depicting Achilles in his prime in the rages of war, and another of Aphrodite that seems a bit more fitting for a horny teenager to have. At the far left, you find a massive black mirror, several times your height. You can't even see your reflections in it. Is it a mirror at all? Arete approaches the mirror. When you approach the mirror, nothing happens. Rolf touches the mirror. 
Okay. When you touch the mirror, the seemingly matte surface becomes glossy and ripples as if you're touching into black liquid. Anybody who is standing by the mirror, make an arcana check. Oof. 10, despite my plus 6. 13. 23! From that roll, what you know is that the Mirror of Night is offering you a series of selections that can empower you. Now, the way this works is every upgrade has a cost of darkness. When you expend it, the entire party gets that benefit. You have two benefits that are available to you. So one benefit for 300 darkness is that you can gain proficiency in a skill of your choice. Furthermore, if you put it into a skill that you are already proficient in, you can essentially double your proficiency in it. Mm. For 500 darkness, you can increase an ability score by two. We only have 340 darkness to spend, everyone. Furthermore, with your really high arcana check, you get the sense that once you purchase any of these upgrades, that you might actually be able to flip the mirror and gain a separate benefit that is similar to it, but not quite the same as it instead. So, for example, it says gain proficiency in a skill, but if you got that, you might actually have a second benefit that you could choose instead of that. What do we think? I, I think the improving our abilities would be massively helpful. I know on on my end, if I could become a little more dexterous and harder to hit, that would help me quite a bit. I, I don't know what everyone else is feeling. I would agree. We usually are in trouble with dexterous uh, challenges. However, it appears we don't have enough for this ability. Oh, one more thing, Annie. You also know that it is possible to get back darkness you spent on the mirror. Mm. So, for example, if you spent 300 now and then you wanted that 300 back to put into a different ability, you could use an item called a Chthonic Key to essentially reset the mirror. Annie, I see in your eyes that the mirror might have a return policy. How many days uh, do we have? Would you... <laughs> Okay, Arata, you definitely don't see that. (laughs) (laughs) But Annie is welcome to share that information if she wants. Yeah. Well, Arata, I was going to say, if we make any purchase now, it's all right. We can can get back whatever we we put into it, so long as we have a Chthonic key. I guess we just have to make sure to pick one up next time we're going through the chambers, just in case, right? Sure, sure, yeah. What you also know is that there are further upgrades that you can unlock on the Mirror of Darkness with more Chthonic keys. So if you put multiple Chthonic keys into it, there might be even further upgrades that you can use. Yeah. Actually, with a 23, you notice one more upgrade in there that does not require an unlock. God bless. And that is called Death Defiance. (gasps) And that costs 700 darkness. So you remember when you got reduced to zero hit points, you died instantly. The way Death Defiance would work is when you get reduced to zero hit points, instead, you would immediately gain one max amount of your hit dice and HP back. Annie, anything else you see in the mirror? I hate you guys. I'm gonna tell you, I just need a second to phrase it in my head to make it make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's literally this mirror is just talking to you in, like, unintelligible arcana telepathy, and you're trying to translate it, so. The mirror is also telling me that you guys, you can't hear the mirror? No. (laughs) I kind of hear this, like, God. Annie is like peak haunted girl vibes. You can't hear the mirror. You can't hear the mirror. That's fine. Um. Well, the mirror also is telling me that 
there's another option that we have. We can't afford it right now, so we should just probably go with the first option, purchase that, and then once we have enough, we could add it all together, and also, I guess, a cathonic key to then get the darkness back to then buy this one. But this one's really good. It's called Death Defiance. We're doing that now, aren't we? That sounds promising. What does it do? Yeah. You just, you know, you... you you die, but you don't. You, you're not just dead yet. So you're it's like, like false life. The vapors. Yeah, it's like false life without um, the scary uh, vapor. Okay, I think we should save our darkness for that. You don't. You don't even want to spend it on the first part. But imagine what that would become if we upgraded it with keys. Well, yeah, sure. But also, once you once you buy something, um, you can flip the mirror around and. But then also get a little something uh, more. I, oh, group vote, group vote, ready? I say save the darkness. Who says buy the uh, um, proficiency? I'm inclined to say buying the proficiency would be a good use of our time. I agree. I don't intend to ever be here again. I, um, I, I agree in buying the proficiency. All right. I present 300 darkness to the mirror of night. You drop the crystals into the mirror of night. Annie, do you want me to tell you what the flip benefit is? Yes, please. The way this works is all of you can choose which one you have individually. So all of you have this benefit. So all of you can take proficiency in a skill. But some of you could take the flip benefit if you want. So you gain proficiency in a skill, but the hidden one is instead of gaining proficiency in a skill, you can gain proficiency in a saving throw. Mm, I'm taking that dexterity. I'm taking that dexterity. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a great history modifier. I think I'm going to do that because... We've used that fairly frequently, even for, like, small things. I'll do history. Okay, furthermore, Annie, once you do this, you realize that each of these upgrades actually have ranks associated with them and can be upgraded multiple times. So for this first upgrade, either gaining proficiency in a skill or gaining proficiency in a saving throw, it has two ranks, meaning you can invest in it twice. So you've invested in it once, but you could also put another 300 in and get this benefit Again, cumulatively. Whoa. The mirror told me also that if we wanted to, we can purchase this again. It has a rank of, it has like different ranks. So there's two ranks for it at the first rank. Well, thanks for letting us know, Annie. I guess you're good at self-reflection. Ha, that was a good one, Arete. All right, team. Where do we want to go next? I have this infernal arm here that I need to figure out. Uh, well... Let's do that. I believe you needed to attune yourself, right? Correct. I believe Pandey was wielding one, and she said it came to her in a dream, right? Do you need to sleep? You want to take a nap? I'm thinking that perhaps it would be best just to uh, investigate the infernal arm pillars and see if anything comes to me there. That could work. Let's go do that. Well, that is in the courtyard. Is there anything else that we want to do within the House of Hades? That's a good question. So just to reiterate, the other places you haven't been yet are the art gallery on the far left side, which is just outside the administrative chambers, which are locked. And then the lounge. And then, yeah, you have the courtyard. Something is locked, you say? The administrative chambers where all the contracts are kept. Hmm. Well, all I want to do is nonsense. So you, you all may not agree with it, but I would love to stop by the lounge, say hello to my replacement. I could use a drink, I suppose. Who, who knows who, who will find there, too? I'll go to the lounge with you, Rolf. You all do that. I'm going to look for something, and I'll meet you at the entrance. 
So Alexander, you exit Zagreus's bedchamber. You cross the atrium again over into the westward wing. You come upon a gallery of ornate paintings, statues, and reliefs, punctuated by green flame sconces along the walls. On the one hand, you are certain every single work of art here is priceless, and on the other, you're certain that in eternity, hardly anything material can have that much value. A ways away, you see Achilles standing by his post outside the administrative chambers. He regards you with a nod, perhaps curious how your first escape attempt went, but not enough to dare leave his post. Alright, can I just roll to make some check to know what's in the administrative chambers? Yeah, make a history check. 15. By and large, it is the repository for contracts of that House of Hades. Everybody who dies, yourself included, is bound by a contract when you first arrived here. So, like, the job you were doing as a wretched shade, like, when you were a training dummy, like, that was in your contract. And then when Lord Zagreus dropped a bunch of gems to make a new house contract for the creation of the Olympiads, that essentially superseded your role as a shade. So contracts are the mechanism by which people are assigned roles and carry out duties here. And furthermore, those are all kept in those administrative chambers. I'll walk up to Achilles. Okay, he's there. He nods at you <laughs> expectantly, but doesn't want to say anything unless you do. Alexander will look at the doors and then look at Achilles and say, Why am I here? I don't know how to answer that question, lad. Would I... I was... It, it, would, it seems I should be in Elysium. And yet I've been brought here. Have I been punished? I was doing the gods' will. I will admit I thought it was strange that a famous warrior such as yourself would end up here rather than in Elysium, where most famed Greek heroes go. I confess I do not know the answer. Have you been inside? Are you referring to the administrative chambers? Yeah, he nods towards it. I have not. <clears throat> it is your job to guard the way, yes? That is correct. Uh, could you be persuaded to look the other way if, if one were to uh, enter? Achilles kind of looks around like a little panicked, like that's a very odd question to be asking aloud in this echoey art gallery. <laughs> and then in a low voice he says, Do not mistake me, lad. I, I do wish to see you succeed, and I do wish to see you get answers, but what you are asking of me is not something I can do lightly. Tell me, how did your escape attempt go? It was not good. I am here, so that should be enough. What was it that got in your way? It was Megara. <sighs> he smirks a little bit, but not in like a condescending way, just like a, yeah, that'll do it type of way. <laughs> Don't let Lady Megara discourage you. I couldn't tell you the number of times she brought our prince to heal. Eventually, he returned the favor several hundredfold. Maybe that'll be you someday. Lately, he seems stressed, distracted, more so than usual, anyway. Uh, uh, forgive me. It is improprietous to be sharing such confidences outside the royal family. Make no mistake. I do not plan on coming back. I will be proud to see you go. Thank you for all that you've done, and for all the training you've given me. But I must go now, and I'll walk towards the entrance for the trials. Rolf, Annie, and Arate. In the lounge, you see four figures you recognize as the Olympiad you didn't have a chance to meet before they hopped in the portal the moment Hypnos announced the escape attempt. One of them drops a magma-covered lobster on the counter to the head chef, a shade who happily accepts it and begins hacking away at it. The Olympiad returns to their drinks. 
the house broker, on the other hand, recognizes you immediately, Rolf, and says, Oh, hello, broker. How are you doing? And then at this loud exclamation, other people that you recognize kind of clink their glass on the table to welcome you back. Good to see you all again. I must admit, I'm getting used to this whole second death thing, but, uh... For those of you interested, you'll be pleased to know. I, I think we did quite well. Uh, I'm here with Rete and Annie. I, I, I think they, they put on quite a, a powerful display of their abilities, and I look forward to uh, giving it another crack. They smile and acknowledge you. The Olympiad that you didn't have a chance to meet hears you say all this, and they kind of just nod and then go back to their drinks. I'm going to go up to the head chef, and I'm going to say, excuse me. When, uh, just when you get the chance, I see you're busy, but when you get the chance, if you could, uh, grab one of the chocolate milks from the cooler behind the bar where I keep them, give one to Annie, give, uh, Orete the French 75, and an extra round of, uh, whatever this Olympiad had, uh, you, you can put it on my tab. The head chef pauses for a moment, and then it does draw the chocolate milk and French 75 out for you. However, make an insight check. 22. So you're able to make out this very complex emotion from its flustered nature that it's not able to give you a round of whatever the Olympiad is having because that's actually not from the bar. So what the Olympiad Uh, is having is something called ambrosia. I see. Okay. So in that case, uh, I'm going to thank the chef. I'm going to say, oh, thank you so much. And I'm going to hand Annie the the chocolate milk. I'm going to give Arete his French 75. Thank you, Ralph. Annie would like to accept the chocolate milk, poke the straw in, and she's gonna follow behind Rolf. I'm gonna pour myself a little glass of mead, because Rolf needs it right now. And uh, I'm gonna waltz over to the the other Olympiad and introduce myself. I'm gonna go, hello! I, I don't think I got a chance to, to meet any of you beforehand. Hi, my name is Rolf. Rolf Yannick. When you approach the Olympiad, there's a table, and then there are these three lounge chairs. So three of them are reclining and fairly tired in these chairs, and one of them is standing talking to them at the table, as she had just brought over their ambrosia and glasses. Make a group perception check and a group history check. That's a 21 perception. My history is a 13. I got a nat 20, but then my bonus brings it to 22 for the perception. Ooh, critical fail on my history check. (laughs) Really ran the gambit there. With the bonuses, the history is a 5. I got a 16 for history and a 9 for perception. So first, I'll start with the woman who is standing at the table. You see a black woman. She is tall. She has long, thick, curly black hair. And her dark skin is also covered in vines and bark. She seems to have leaves coming off of her that resemble a laurel tree. So that's the woman that you see. Let's talk about the people who are sitting down. So you see another woman sitting down. She is dressed in long white robes with colorful jewels. She has these thick black long braids that are hanging down from her and she has her quarterstaff resting across her lap. Another person that you see reclining is this short, handsome man. He seems to be dressed in these skin-tight draped cloths. He's wearing this mantle that's only covering his very, very upper body. And then across his chest, you see a deep gash, like a deep scar that you would think would have been healed up in the pool of sticks, but it was not. He has brown skin, short black kind of spiky hair. He's also just swirling his ambrosia regarding you all. And then the last person that you see, 
He has this long, curly brown hair. He's got this armor that seems to have all this feather detailing on it. A very noticeable feature about him is he has this really big burn mark on his lips, and that burn mark kind of blossoms from his lips and fades away on the rest of his face, but it's it's very, very noticeable. Rolf, you recognize this person to be Icarus. Uh. So Rolf, you have gone up, you have introduced yourself, you said hello, so they all regard you, and the woman who is standing, she smiles and says, hey, you're the other Olympiad. Yes, uh, like I said, hi, I'm Rolf, uh, this is Annie. And I'm Arete. She nods and says, I'm Daphne, uh, that's Nausicaa over there, and she points to the woman with the long, thick braids and the robes and the colorful jewels. And then she points to the man with the deep, exposed gash in his chest. She says, that's Synth. And then she turns to Icarus, who you already recognize. She says, and that's Icarus. For Synth, make a history check, anybody who heard that name. Critical fail, so that's a four. 18. 11. So, Arate, you recognize that Synth is a, a nickname. So, this person that you're looking at, his name is Hyakinthos. Mm. You know that the Hyacinth flower was named after him, and he goes by Synth for short. Pleasure to meet all of you. How, uh, how'd that run go? How, how'd you die, I guess? Oh, geez. Uh, this is the icebreaker, huh? Um, let's just say, um, really, really bad magma. Uh, situation just kind of just flooding everywhere. I wouldn't recommend it. Apple of Discord. Mm, she thinks for a minute and then she kind of looks at the rest of the Olympiad who kind of look at her quizzically and they go, "What's what's an Apple of Discord?" Ah, you'll figure it out. Um, okay. <laughs> I I saw that lobster over there. Uh, fresh catch. Yes, we just fished it out earlier today. Ah. Or whatever days mean here. Annie, didn't you? And like Annie hears that. <laughs> But she's in the middle of drinking her chocolate milk, but she stops and <clears throat> she does a spit take and she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I almost forgot. Wow. Where can I, where, uh, I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't mean to be rude, but can you tell me where I could find a, a fishing rod? So at this Icarus, the blonde one with the big burn mark on his lips, he says, Oh, um, oh, that's right. We got it from, uh, which one was it? Uh, Poseidon, right? He, uh, you know, he said he'd taken a bit of a liking to us and he gave us a fishing rod to use. Isn't that sweet of him? Oh. I told you we should have talked to the water guy. Synth, the guy with the gash on his chest. He says, oh, it was a real pain catching it, though. I'm tired of fishing. Just standing there, waiting for the perfect moment, and then having that perfect reaction time. It's, it's not my strong suit. Plus, have you ever tried fishing in magma? No, no, I, I can't say I have, actually, no. There's a first for everything. And Arete kind of just winks at Annie. Annie blinks back at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I see you're enjoying a, a delicious beverage. A hard-earned on the field? So Daphne says, oh, I don't know about hard-earned on the field. We got it from the house broker over there. And she gestures to the merchant and says, it was the last one, though. Sorry. Uh, no worries. You guys want some? Um, well, I don't mean to intrude, but uh, I'm as, as a sort of recreational bartender, I'd love to just have a, a taste. Uh, sure. She holds out her glass. And, and Rolf literally takes, like, the faintest of sips and, and just, like, kind of savors it as a... It's a very, like, academic approach, almost. <laughs> you try to maintain an academic composure as you sip this thing in, but in all your years of bartending, it is unquestionably the most delicious thing you've ever had. And the second you taste it, you, like, immediately need more of it right now. Hot diggity shit! That's a good drink! 
Wow. Um. Oh, take this away from me. I'm going to down that if you do not. <laughs> I don't blame you. And she kind of just moves her glass back to herself and then you know sips it, but eyeing you over the glass. Wow. Whoo. Ha. Ah. I I need to remove myself from this situation. I just want to say, uh, a pleasure to meet you, I, and, and I wish you all the best of luck. Um, oh, well, don't go just yet, Icarus pipes up. You didn't even tell us how you guys died. Let's just say we were on the wrong end of a whip. It was, it was, it was with Megara. Ooh, yeah, that'll do you, he nods. And then Sin says, I wouldn't mind being on the receiving end of that thing. <laughs> you know, most people say that, but then when you're actually there... You, you mind a little bit. <laughs> he eyes you and then almost lecherously, but then thinks better of it and says, when you're older, you'll understand. Okay. Are we ready now? Oh. Ah, oh, here we are. This is our fourth member, our, our Olympiad, allow me. Uh, this is Alexander the Great. Rolf does not genuflect this time. They, you know, just give you a friendly wave. Daphne says, oh, yeah, uh, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, I guess I'll just do this again real quick. I'm Daphne, that's Nausicaa, that's Icarus, and that's Synth. <laughs> Alexander's just going to nod, but not smile or anything, just nod and then turn to the team again. I'm going now. Are you coming with me? Well, that is calling. Um, <laughs> again, pleasure meeting you all. I, I wish you well in your future attempts. Uh, perhaps we'll run into each other on the field. Very well. By the way, before we go, you guys seen the other Olympiad pass through here at all? Oh, um, they kind of look a little uneasy, and then Icarus says, Yeah, though, I heard him before I saw them. I think I saw them storming off into the courtyard already. I hear that. You definitely hear that group before you see him. Yeah, they're really, really aggressive about getting those infernal arms, so I would recommend snatching them up if we were you guys. Well, luckily, we found this, and Arete, like, draws the infernal arm that they found. Everybody looks like you kind of just whipped your dick out. <laughs> like, it's certainly impressive, but, like, why'd you have to do that here, man? Why? What? Only Panday can show off, everyone. And Nausicaa nods. She says, it's very impressive. I'll give it that. Well, uh, do you guys know how this kind of stuff works? Do I just kind of approach the statue out in the courtyard and then shoom? Nausicaa shrugs. She says, none of us have ever bothered to grab any of them, so we wouldn't know. But good luck. Well, thanks a lot. And then Arete prepares to leave with the others. Anna's just going to probably wave by. If you're finished with that drink, I recommend the chocolate milk. And then she'll just head out. Icarus beams and he says, I'll have to give it a try. And she'll smile right back. And as they walk out, Arete finishes off his French 75 and puts the glass on the bar as he walks by. So you go into Lord Zagreus's bedchamber, you pass it and you go outside again into the courtyard. In the courtyard, you hear a howl of rage as Ajax obliterates a skeleton with his greatsword. Its bones fly everywhere. I can't stand that smug little bitch with her shiny hair and her shiny lipstick and you're never getting out of here alive, wretches shit. His Olympiad tries to console him. When one of you catches their eye, you see them take notice. Adonis gives you a small wave. I wave back. Annie waves back as well. Arete seeing Adonis wave kind of... He has very ashen cheeks, but you see just the slightest bit of color 
come to Arete's cheeks as Adonis waves. <laughs> Adonis similarly blushes, and then about like six seconds after all this happens, you see all the scattered bones around the courtyard start slowly, as if by magic, moving and stitching themselves back together into a new skeleton. And this skeleton that you see has these two giant pink orbs for eyes, and somehow it is balding for a skeleton. So it has these like little bits of kind of like toupee-esque hair hanging off the back of it in like a shabby curtain. The skeleton grins even though Ajax just obliterated it. He goes, is that the best you got, pal? Come on, let me have it. (laughs) And Ajax happily obliges as he just swings his great axe again and just smashes into this skeleton who again, with a smile on his little scully face, is once again just blown to bits. I believe this time we, sh- we should, while they are distracted, go back in. But first, uh, Arete, you have something to do with the Infernal Arm, maybe here at these statues. I sure do. And Arete will, avoiding the central area where I'm assuming the skeletal creature is getting blown to bits by Ajax mm-hmm. the Lesser, he'll kind of skirt around the edge, trying not to draw too much attention to himself as he approaches the line of Infernal Arm statues. You see the shadowy pedestal, which has basically a shadow copy of your weapon rotating on it. Arete draws out his infernal arm and presents it to the podium and kind of just stares for a moment to see if anything happens. Once you do this, you see that your weapon floats over to the shadow and they essentially overlap with each other. So it's almost like your weapon is slotting into it. And as you do this, you feel this rush of power and this blinding light flashes throughout the entire courtyard and the short sword has changed its appearance. So it no longer has those five crosses on its hilt and it's no longer this like beautiful rust-free dagger. Instead, it is this really shadowy looking dagger, and the way its hilt is made is that its hilt essentially looks like a doll, and then there are all these needles going into the doll, and that (gasps) comprises the hilt, and then its shadowy blade kind of comes out from it, and you understand that this blade has changed into something called the Aspect of Arete, and you immediately attune to it, and when you attune to it, you learn this blade's name. So this blade is called Lavoie, so L-A space V-O-I-S. When it changes to the aspect of Arete, do you remember that like heavenly choir you were listening to? Yes. It is now this very sinister series of like quiet whispers, almost like when you were looking at the chaos gate. First, you know that this is a short sword slash dagger, so you can use either of its stats, whichever one is more convenient to you. Furthermore, it functions as a plus one weapon. So what that means is it adds one to both your attack rolls and your damage rolls. Furthermore, when you deal sneak attack damage, you deal an extra die of sneak attack damage. Lastly, you gain plus one on stealth checks. So even though this weapon seems so strange and alien to you before, you feel like its form has shifted to kind of reflect your inner ethos, and it is very happy to be in your presence. And now you can kind of use its full capabilities. Sweet. Make an arcana check. 17. With that, now that you're attuned to it, you also understand some further things about Infernal Arms. You also understand that there are other aspects to the 
this weapon so you can actually change this weapon's form to reflect the abilities and sensibilities of some other character throughout history, past, present, or future. However, in order to do that, you essentially would kind of need to find out whatever awakening phrase you need to say to it to unlock that other aspect. So you unlock that infernal arm and you hear some mild applause behind you. Arete turns to see who is applauding. So Adonis, Panday, and Palestra are all clapping for you. Ajax is kind of throwing his whole weight onto the point of his greatsword, which he's leaning against on the ground. And he's just kind of like panting. Seeing the applause, Arete spins Lavoie in his palm and tosses it up in the air, catches it, and gives a small bow. Thank you, everyone. They continue to be impressed. And uh, Arete returns to the rest of his Olympiad and says, Well, are we ready to go? And with that, Alexander will lead to the entrance of the trials. Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood stars our players Nicholas Benetados as Alexander the Great, Amanda Facosta as Anastasia Pentasis, Giancarlo Herrera as Rolf Yannick, and Michael Pisani as Arete Lascaris. Dungeon mastering and NPC voices are by me, Tozaman. Cover art by Chandler Candela. Sound design and editing by Giancarlo Herrera. Title music by Sage GC, with vocals by Jessica Dahlgren and Sage GC. Character theme music by Giorgio Volpe. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. If you liked what you heard, we hope you'll consider helping us make future tabletop parodies of your favorite stories. You can support us at Patreon on patreon.com slash roguerunradio. Patrons get access to our community Discord channel, as well as our behind-the-scenes chat cast Out of the Blood, where we talk about everything on our minds after the episode. There are free ways to support the show, too, We hope you'll leave us a glowing review on your listening app of choice, as well as spread the good word about us on Twitter and Instagram, where you can follow us at Rogue Run Radio. We love hearing from you, so hit us up there or email us at rr at whisperforge.org. We're very proud to be in the Whisperforge Collective and hope you'll check out our other shows. We think you'll like Remarkable Providences, a witty and informative exploration of the Salem Witch Trials. Get ready to run with us next week. New episodes drop every Friday. Till next time, sinners. I'll see you in hell. Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, people of Earth. My name is Schmo Brannigan. I have hacked into this RSS feed with a promotional feature for the Wizard Scroll podcast, transcribing in 3, 2, 1. Hold on, let me unfurl this Wizard Scroll real quick. Went out of Baba Boy. Nowhere, ten humongous scorpions had surrounded the campsite. Tails outstretched. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Uh, can I get take your order? As he says, what are you going to get? I don't know uh, what I want. I'm going to get the double, uh, triple, uh, lobster. Oh, I'll take one too. Two McLobsters. As if on cue, the camera panned upwards. 
directing everyone's attention towards the giant hot air balloon presently taking a pass over the stadium. Holy mother of sassafras, it's Gargoyle oh. Destroyer! Leaping into the frame from 420 feet in the air without a parachute! How are you liking those wizard flakes, kids? The Wizard Scroll is available on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and wherever else fine podcasts are found. This concludes today's promotional feature.